Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Licton Lifestyle. I'm Steve Peck. We're here with Dr. Edward Licton, the specialist in the field of anti-aging and wellness medicine. Today, we've got a great subject matter that Dr. Licton is passionate about. We've talked about it in past broadcasts, and today, we bring you the subject lupus. So what is lupus? It's a chronic autoimmune disease that can damage any part of the body, chronic, meaning that the signs and symptoms tend to last longer than six weeks and often for many years. In lupus, something goes wrong with your immune system. Now, normally our immune system produces proteins called antibodies that protect the body from these invaders. Autoimmune means your immune system can't tell the difference between those foreign invaders and your body's healthy tissues and creates autoantibodies that attack and destroy healthy tissue. These autoantibodies cause inflammation, pain, and damage in various parts of the body. So let's talk about some of the facts of lupus, and then we'll bring Dr. Lichten in and get his feedback and hear what he's doing to help people with lupus. Lupus facts. Lupus is also a disease of flares. That means the symptoms worsen and you feel ill, and then remissions. The symptoms improve and you feel better. Lupus can range from mild to life-threatening and should always be treated by a doctor. The good news is, with good medical care, most people with lupus can lead a full life. Now, another fact is lupus is not contagious, not even through sexual contact. You can't catch lupus from someone or give lupus to someone. Lupus is not like or related to cancer. Lupus is not like or related to HIV or AIDS. In HIV or AIDS, the immune system is underactive And in lupus, the immune system is overactive. And research estimates that over at least 1.5 million Americans have lupus. The actual number may be higher. However, there have been no large-scale studies to show the actual number of people in the U.S. living with lupus. And it's believed that 5 million people throughout the world have a form of lupus. So, Dr. Lichten, I know you've wanted to speak about this for a long time, and we've got one of your patients here today. Let's learn more about lupus well the thing that always interested interested me about lupus is the gender difference we know that and i learned this in medical school which of course dates back you know 40 years now but what struck me about this disease was the fact that lupus affects women 10 times greater than men and when i went through medical school i asked the question why and the answer was the honest answer was we don't know it has to do with the immune immune function. It's genetic. Uh, men have uh, one X chromosome, one Y chromosome. Women have two X chromosomes. Mm-hmm. Men have higher level of natural killer cells. Women have less. Women live longer. There's something that the hormone system does that affects immunity, and this has been recognized for a very much a very long period of time. Uh, what was interesting was that back in the uh, early 1990s, I came across an article about using a hormone called DHEA, which we've talked about because it's part of the adrenal hormones. Mm -hmm. And the fellow who was chairman at Stanford had experimented using DHEA, and he had shown that it was effective at not only improving the condition of lupus, patients felt better, but also reduced the amount of protein they were losing in their kidneys. And kidney disease is a, can be a killer for lupus. So this is extremely impressive. 
And at the time, uh, I had a family member with a diagnosis of lupus, and her blood count was very low. It was down in seven, and normal blood count for women is 12 to 15. And I talked her into trying it. She broke up with terrible acne and wanted to kill me. <laughs> but I realized that the form of DHEA I had was much stronger than the form of DHEA that the professor had. What is DHEA? DHEA is an adrenal hormone. Okay. And we talked about the adrenal, the small gland that sits, o- small gland that sits over your kidneys. Mm-hmm. And it makes two hormones for energy. One is cortisol. And in the morning when you wake up, if high levels of cortisol, you get out of bed raring to go. And then it goes down during the day. And the second hormone is DHEA. And DHEA is a hormone that our body uses to make estrogen and testosterone. And on top of that, DHEA goes in every cell and is a form of energy. And if you're low in DHEA or low in cortisol, these are people who go to nicotine or caffeine Mm. because they need something to drive them to keep going. Interesting. And this is the third hormone then is adrenaline if you can't naturally use cortisol and DHEA to keep your body going. So as the story goes, I've got the right dose of DHEA and this uh, woman's blood count went from 7 to 12 and went up to 15 and the the rheumatologist that was seeing her said, hematologist was seeing her said, why are you taking this drug? Stop it. So she stopped and went back to seven. So the second time she went on, it went back up. And the second time he says, why are you taking this? So he says, when I take it, I go, my blood count's up and I'm not tired. I'm not fatigued. And he said, stop it. Hmm. And the third time when she felt crummy, we did her blood count and she said, I'm not going back to that guy. And now it's 15 years later and that doctor understands and he writes for DHEA for his patients who are anemic. But it takes a long time to recognize some things that even the professor at Stanford said. Why not try DHEA for patients with lupus? Yeah, it's so inexpensive too. Right. You buy it over the counter, it's 5 to $7 for a month's supply. You mentioned that uh, more women than men get this. Men and teenagers can also develop it, but women of color are two to three times more likely to develop lupus. There's a whole group of diseases, including sarcoidosis, lupus, that tend to be in the darker skin races. Uh, There are other forms of connective tissue disease, including sojans, which is a dry eyes and dry mouth, which tend to be in a lighter color, our Caucasian population. Mm -hmm. We don't know why, okay? I really don't have any idea why, but my rule of thought is, you try the stuff that we, the new drugs we have, the new bioidentical hormones that we know about, we replace them to normal levels, and lo and behold, you can have some wonderful results. And wouldn't it be great that we could give someone a drug that costs $10 a month instead of a drug that may be costing $1,000 a week? Oh, absolutely. What, what kinds of drugs are available now? Prescription drugs. Well, the typical treatment for lupus starts with prednisone, which is high-dose cortisol, high-dose synthetic steroids. And these are the steroids that we talked about last week. And we talked about with Crohn's disease, high-dose steroids, bloated, loss of muscle mass, uh, weakness, mood swings. All these things happen with high doses of prednisone. And long-term, it affects it depresses your immunity, sets you up for infection. We talked even about the warts, change in body where the very thin, weak legs, and very large central uh, fat pads, central abdominal fat pads, are typical of patients on high-dose steroids. Uh, That's one of the drugs, and uh, Yolanda will tell us more. And the second drug that the uh, uh, rheumatologists have gone to are cytotoxic drugs and antineoplastic drugs. And this group of drugs include, first, cytoxin methotrexate, which we use to treat 
or poison the body when treating cancer. And the new drugs are the drugs just like we talked about last week for uh, Crohn's. This include the cytotoxic agents. Uh, Celsapt is the one that was offered to Yolanda. Humira, uh, Embril. These drugs block tumor necrosis factor and block the body's ability to react to this. Because what's happening in lupus is for some reason the body is, is looking at cells within the body as if they're foreign and attacking them. And the key is, you know, why does your body attack yourself? We don't know why, but we're talking about using bioidentical hormone, bioidentical hormones as immunomodulators. We're changing the immune function from abnormal to normal by using natural hormones. And that's what I find so fascinating. How do you recognize the symptoms when a patient comes to you? And what would they come to you? What, what types of symptoms have you seen? Well, I think we'll let Yolanda give her story because it's going to be more powerful. But the point that we make is that when we run the panel of blood work that we described, we're going to pick up inflammation. And there's two major markers. One's called sed rate, which is how many cells sort of stick together. Second is called C-reactive protein. And if we think it's lupus, we have a series of secondary tests that we can run, including a lupus factor, another one called ANA, anti-nuclear antibody, an arthritic factor called ASO, and uh, actually there's a sarcoid factor. So if I have someone with a high SED rate showing that the very high inflammation that's just running around there, why? We have factors that we can look for that tends to classify the disease. The symptoms can overlap. A person with sarcoidosis can have the same symptoms as a patient with lupus. A patient with rheumatoid arthritis can have similar symptoms. We use basically the blood tests as sort of to specify some of these disorders, but the bottom line is the treatment in my office is really always the same. Reestablish the normal biological hormones. All right, well, let's bring in your patient. Yolanda is here. Hi, Yolanda. Welcome to the program. Hello, how are you? Great. Tell me how you came to meet Dr. Lichten and when you discovered you had lupus. Uh, well, um, one morning I was cooking at the stove and um, I basically passed out over the stove. And Oh, not a good place to pass uh, out. Not at all. Um, and um, I was rushed to the hospital. Wow. And uh, at the time, they performed a gamut of different tests on me, but I was not showing any lupus markers. Um, Those lupus markers being what, Dr. Lichten? There's actually the lupus factor and the anti-nuclear antibody tests. Okay. Okay, so I, was, I wasn't I uh, was showing any of those markers at all. Uh, they performed um, a whole gamut of tests. And um, basically, uh, they told me that I had uh, rheumatoid arthritis. Um, and um, they gave me a blood transfusion, and I was made to go home after they stabilized What's up with the blood transfusion? She was so anemic, that's why she passed out. And because the body is so busy trying to cure its disease process that's going on, she's diverted all the energy away from making even her natural amount of red cells. Mm. So in all these anti all these inflammatory diseases, remember we heard it before with yep. uh, Crohn's, and we have it with lupus, we have these patients can very often have very low blood counts and need transfusions because their count's low. And then they tell you, well, we have to get your blood count up, but it's your story, not mine. <laughs> All right, go ahead. I was referred to a rheumatologist, uh, and I did go and see the rheumatologist. Um, he 
um, part of the treatment, my treatment involved um, being put on uh, a steroid, um, and that was prednisone. Um, not only did I, not only was I put on prednisone, but uh, I also uh, was given a diuretic, um, and I remained on these things, um, and then one day again, I passed out again, and I was rushed to the hospital again. Um, when I got to the hospital and I awoke, I began hallucinating, um, and I had had some of the the symptoms that people normally get when they have lupus, like the fevers and um, the edema. I would, my legs begin to swell and different things of that nature, and um, after additional tests were performed on me, um, lupus markers begin to show. Is the swelling part of the inflammation that's occurring? There's a number of factors, but here you've got three things. One, you're anemic, so you don't have enough red cells in the bloodstream to keep the fluid in there, so that you tend to swell as part of the anemia. Second of all, the problem is that lupus affects the kidney, and the filtration is such that you tend to lose the red cells. Remember we talked about Crohn's, he was losing red cells because he was bleeding his gut? Yep. Well, in lupus, what happens, because the kidney gets affected, that they lose red cells that just pee them out, urinate them out. So they become more and more anemic as this kidney fails to filtrate properly. So here she's anemic because she's lost red cells. She's anemic because the kidneys aren't working properly. And the swelling is from a lack of protein in the bloodstream, which is where you need to keep it if you're going to function. And the diuretic is used to help the kidneys function or get the uh, liquid out? or the Part of the problem with the disease is as the protein material and the breakdown material in the tissue goes through the filter, the kidney, you actually can destroy the kidney. So lupus patients can end up on dialysis as the lupus disease destroys the kidney, either directly or indirectly from the breakdown of protein products. So the idea behind the diuretic was he knew she was getting anemic. He knew that she was getting swelling. He was trying to help keep the kidneys open by flushing more water through so that they wouldn't clog up. So this is the life-threatening part of this, right? Oh, yes. This is the beginning of the life-threatening. And then as the disease progresses, more and more tissue is destroyed and more and more organs are destroyed. But as it progresses, uh, there can also be remission. No or yes? Right. It can come and go, but in Yolanda's case, it, it just was coming. It wasn't going. All right. So, Yolanda, you were in the hospital, and all of this was coming your way. Uh, yes. Um, not only did uh, I have the swelling of the ankles, um, my heart uh, became enlarged. Um, I had horrible mus- musculoskeletal pain. Um, I was hallucinating every classic uh, symptom that someone would have with lupus, I had even the mouth sh- mouth sores. Explain the hallucinating to me. I don't know. Was this from the psychosis secondary to the steroids? Um, you know, they said that that could have possibly been it, um, but I was informed by the rheumatologist that um, that's another common um, a symptom of lupus. And at the time, you're what, 38? Yes. 38 years old, two small children. Yes. That you have to manage, and now you're in the hospital hallucinating, you're anemic, they're transfusing you, they tell your kidneys affected. It was not a very hopeful picture they painted for you. Definitely not. Definitely not. I was extremely afraid because um, initially, to me, it appeared that they weren't sure of the right approaches, you know, to... to, to, um, have me undergo you know 
I was just very confused because I've always been a holistic type person and they wanted to use all of these drugs and I didn't want them at all. Um, so you said no to the drugs? I, initially I did. I said no to the drugs. Um, but I had gotten to the point where um, uh, my my um, central nervous system began to be affected. Um, so I couldn't, I didn't know how to make uh, decisions. And um, it was it was very scary. I didn't recognize my family. I got to the point where I didn't recognize my family. And I actually had to um, have a, uh, a guardian. So it was really bad. It was really bad. It was very scary. How'd your me. family deal with that? Frightened, huh? They were just besides themselves, I can imagine. I bet. Mm-hmm. And then what happened? Well, um, I was, you know, given um, Cytoxin. What is Cytoxin? Cytoxin's in the family, like methotrexate, we use this as a poison for cancers. All right, so I've heard you say a couple of times now that there are different medications that are used that are anti-cancer type medications, although in the facts I read clearly that this is not to be related to cancer. All right, the disease isn't cancer, but what they do with these drugs is they poison the cells. Just like cancer. Right, and you're poisoning the body. So it says, well, if you're going to go ahead and eat up your organ in six months, well, we'll poison your normal system that will be eating up your cells so you live for two years. So the point is what you're doing is you're poisoning your normal body's response, which is out of whack here, attacking your own body, and you'll protect your body by destroying part of your body. Crazy. Yeah. That wasn't fun for me. <laughs> oh, no, it's not bit. fun. I mean, we, we use the same type of drugs. Methotrexate, we use like a very good application in gynecology or obstetrics is there's something called a molar pregnancy. And before we have the treatment, it could very often be fatal. And with methotrexate, when it came out, this was the first cancer that was ever, it was like 40 years, 50 years ago. You actually can kill the cancer and a woman goes on having kids. I mean, that's absolutely a fantastic application. But when disease, when one drug works for one thing, people will experiment with it with anything they can. And they use methotrexate for treating certain cancer cells. The other one, sixmercaptopurine, which I think is uh, the cytoxin or 5-FU, or different drugs we'll use to actually topically, we can use it to paint off skin cancers. Again, great application. But they used these and started to use these on treating cancer patients you know, 50 years ago with some initial response. And I'm not saying there aren't applications when we use it. Uh, but, you know, cancer you don't really have great results with anyway. But if you can delay the cancer, that's right. wonderful. But the application where they started using this, I would guess it's at least 30, 35 years ago, maybe 40 years ago, they started saying, well, can we poison the body? You know, when I started training in the 60s, late 60s, we never would think about it this way. We're using anabolic steroids and other things to help the body. But in the 70s and 80s, we started, people started trying to apply these drugs, these poisonous drugs, to help conditions like Yolanda's and where there was really a very poor outcome. So it was a plan. It became accepted. Yolanda will tell you what some of the terrible pathways she had to take in going through the medical system and trying to find some ways to, to survive. Yeah, continue with that story. Well, um, I was not happy at all. Um, I laid lethargically on the couch 
um, most of the time. Um, and um, I actually had to have someone else come in and care for my children because I was always tired, you know, always tired. Um, I, I could not function. Um, and um, basically, I just decided, you know, this is not the way I want to spend the rest of my life. I don't want to spend the rest of my life on this couch like this. So um, I continue to uh, seek um, seek out a professional that could help me. Um, and it just so happened that my husband uh, was on his job and um, he talked to one of one of his co-workers and um, his co-worker went to a, um, a pharmaceutical, I think it's compounding ph- pharmaceutical company. I think that's what it's called. And bumped into Dr. Lichten's book and he bought it for my husband and my husband uh, took it home, read it cover to cover the same night. And uh, it just a light went on and he was like, this is it. This is the person you're going to see. This is the person we need to see. This is the person for our family. I'm very glad that that happened. Because you were on those bad drugs that Dr. Lichten was just talking about, right? Exactly. I mean, what, what happened to you when you were on those drugs before you got to Dr. Lichten? What, what was the bad fallout from taking all of that? How did you feel? What did, what, what did those drugs do to you? Uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't do the normal activities. I couldn't uh, drive. Um, I couldn't cook. Um, I would forget a lot of different things. You know, um, I was always tired. I wanted to sleep. And you believe that was uh, a byproduct of the, the prescriptions you were taking? Most definitely. Most definitely. You see, what happened was when Yolanda did, did come to see me, she was severely anemic. And we talked about the blood count, just like we did with uh, uh, our friend from uh, Myrtle Beach last week. And a normal blood count for a male is 15 and a half or 16. A normal woman is 13 to 15. And Yolanda, I think when she came to see me, she told me the story that her blood count was somewhere around 10 or less than 10. And the doctors had actually given up on giving you cytoxin. Mm-hmm. She was so weak because her blood count was low because of the disease process and because of the drugs that also kill the ability to make red cells that she's laying on the bed because she doesn't have blood. And if they could have given her a couple more units of, of blood and transfusion, a month later, her blood count would drop back down. And traditional medicine doesn't offer anything else? Well, Yolanda will tell you about the other drugs they want to offer her before she came to see me. What else? Uh, well, they wanted to put me on a drug called Celsept. And Celsept, I believe it's for um, people that have had organ transplants. But it's very hard on the body, from what I understand. And all of the side effects from that particular drug, I knew that I didn't want. Um, So I decided that I wasn't going to do that. And um, my rheumatologist wanted me to continue on that for a year begin to take it and continue on it for a year and um, I had my interview with uh, Dr. Lichten before um, and I told him my concerns and um, he gave me the hope that I needed he gave my family the hope that we needed what did he tell you basically he said you don't need that (laughs) there's a different way and um, he began my treatments what I said, and thank you for the emotion, I feel it too, and so, you know, you'll hear it in my voice as well, but what I said was I've had patients in the past, I had a family member that I treated with 
natural hormones. We had now evolved from the 10-year experience I had treating a family member and other patients. We had evolved with having new drugs, and we had a whole different philosophy of medicine. And I knew pieces of it would work for some people, and I, I don't think I quite went so far as to say, I'm going to guarantee you a cure, but I said we're going to give it more than a college try. And that's what we did. And what did you do? Well, we started off by doing the same blood parameters that we talked about. And I don't have Yolanda's chart in front of me, but I know she was anemic. Her blood count was low. I don't remember what the inflammatory indices, but they were probably pretty high. And I know that her DHA levels were low. And I know that her testosterone levels were low because this is consistent. If you go through the literature, it talks about DHA being low in lupus patients and testosterone being low in lupus patients. And actually was a quote in uh, one of the articles that I pulled that said uh, lupus patients, female lupus patients just burn up testosterone like uh, like a big car burning gasoline. It said, quote, we know the women with lupus metabolize testosterone so rapidly that their levels of the male hormone are low to non-existent. Lack of testosterone appears to be, in Arthritis Today magazine, a key to lupus. So what I told her was two things. One, we're going to replace DHEA because I learned from the chairman and professor of uh, lupus and arthritis at Stanford in a personal phone call back in 95 that his results had worked well with DHEA. And I had a more potent DHEA than he had. And we were going to start DHEA. Second of all, because she was anemic, we knew that the forms of testosterone we were using were going to cure, the, cure or treat the anemia. We were going to start her on testosterone and the stronger testosterone called nandrolone. Nandrolone's been around since 1970. It was used back in my day to treat anemia. We can make the body make more red cells. And third, I told her the combination of testosterones we had were fantastic for anti-inflammatory effects. They were as potent or more potent than cortisol, but they wouldn't eat up the body. They would make muscle, and they have the potential to heal. So here we have a combination of three anabolic agents, two anabolic steroids, one testosterone and one DHEA, and I said, let's go for it. And the only limiting factor was, was she going to be one of the patients who got acne? And we tried. And on top of that, I gave you IVs to make sure you had minerals because part of the process with these diseases and these medications, just like we talked about with Crohn's, is that the whole GI tract sloughs, doesn't work, and these patients have a lot of trouble absorbing minerals and vitamins and nutrients. So it's like, you know, being in the hospital, not being fed, and your body's on fire on the inside. What's the thought process behind people with lupus having low testosterone? This is an observation. And we don't always have an answer, but the same thing we do with the diabetics, and mm -hmm. we talked about with the Crohn's patients, is testosterone is a key spark plug that makes energy. It gets the whole energy in the cell running. So if you're low in testosterone, you're low in energy. I mean, the difference between, you know, you at 50 and someone at 20 and old guys like me in the 60s is energy and usually it's related to testosterone levels. Now, women need testosterone just like men. They use testosterone to feed their estrogen and they need their DHA to feed their testosterone and their estrogen. So the bottom line, we know these hormones are all interrelated as sources of energy. And that's one thing that Yolanda didn't have a whole lot of. Does DHEA convert to testosterone? It does somewhat, but we know now the DHEA isn't just there as a pretty face. It has roles in every cell in the body. Matter of fact, it looks like there are 
DHA receptors in the heart, they're more important than testosterone receptors in the heart. So the more and more we study these biologically identical hormones, the more we find places where they really work. Mm -hmm. And here was an example of a head at Stanford making a recognition of a cheap and simple drug that changed how he was treating his lupus patients. Uh, Yolanda, tell me then, once you started this therapy, you were doing the um, nandrolone? IVs, oral DHEA, we're doing a lot of DHEA, and we're doing the testosterone shots. And how long did it take before you noticed something? Actually, uh, the first time I had I had some energy before there was zero energy. Um, about the second time, I noticed that there were there was even more energy. When you say the second time, the first time you mean one week intervals? Uh, yes, yes. All right, so by week one, you know, the, almost immediately you're noticing some energy. Yes. Week two, even more. Mm-hmm. And I'd say um, by, the, by the third or fourth treatment, I was at least 70%. At least 70%. And you hadn't been 70% no. in years, I right? I thought I would never get that way. Never. Your family was noticing a difference as well, I would my, imagine? My family was noticing a difference, and my rheumatologist could not believe it. <laughs> yeah, and you told them uh, your therapy, and what was the response to that? You know. <laughs> Tell the truth. No one knows your last name. We don't have the thought police yet, although they're working on it. And but we, yeah, We only have about 3,500 new listeners around the world every week or two, but go ahead. Actually, you know, he told me, I cannot believe how rapidly you are recovering he said, I've never seen this before. I have never seen this before. And you told him what you're doing. Well, you know, I was a little bit leery about telling him about what I was doing. Why were you leery? You mean everybody doesn't go to a gynecologist to treat their lupus? <laughs> I don't know what the problem is. We have our hematology patients come who are anemic. We have our Crohn's patients who come to their gynecologist. We have our diabetic patients. Why not? I mean, you know, you know, maybe this is something that actually fits into treating everybody. Scary, isn't it? Okay. Well, I was actually told, you know, Yolanda, I pick my battles. And as long as you're getting well, I'm not going to complain. Right. There you go. <laughs> it's a boilerplate response if I've ever heard one. You know, that's what these guys would say, isn't it? You know, well, hey, you're getting better. I, I pick hey, but, my battles. But yeah, well, we'll talk about the truth when she actually tells him who she's seeing. That's the other story. Well, he asked me. Um, well, when I told him that I was seeing uh, Dr. Lichten, he made a comment and he said, well, uh, why are you seeing a gynecologist for uh, uh, lupus? Why, why, are you, why are you seeing a gynecologist for? <laughs> um, and, I, and I said, um, well, um, whatever he's doing is working. It's working. And I said, um, and I'm very excited about it. I'm very excited about it. It's funny to me. You know, I've known Dr. Lichten now for a couple of years, and we've been doing the show now over 15 episodes. And, um, you know, he, he is a gynecologist, but to me, he's an anti-aging and wellness doctor, and, and he really knows a lot of stuff about a lot of things. And so to pigeonhole someone is one thing like a lot of doctors do. Why would you see a gynecologist for? And the answer to me is, hey, man, this guy's got something that's actually working when you didn't. 
you know, that's... You, you got to be careful about it. You can't say because you didn't. That doesn't go over real well. I mean, the bottom line is, that Yolanda and I talked about this before, and we'll talk about where she is today. And, you know, I, when I was a young guy in training, if someone had something that I wanted to learn from, I'd go there yesterday. So I learned from the anesthesiologist how to do trigger points for the headaches. I've worked with gastroenterologists to learn more about GI bleed. I've worked with a hematologist to learn more about anemia. And when they have something that works, I mean, I learned from an alternative doctor how to make IVs. I mean, if something works, I mean, I say, hey, it's something I can take back to my patients. And to me, you know, that's what this is all about. Yeah, so. but are they taking it back to their patients? And you're being very kind and politically correct <laughs> by trying to put a muzzle on me. But I, I'm, I'm telling the truth. A lot of these guys that are in the business of treating lupus don't have the protocol that you've done that's helped people. So you tell me. Well, that's true, but some of the stuff we're doing is in their literature. That's sure the part is. that's more troublesome is uh, Yolanda was not offered DHEA, but I just pulled six articles on it. I understand that the hematologist didn't offer her the nandrolone to raise her blood count, but it's in the literature for 40 years. Uh, these are drugs they're just not familiar with because they were trained by their professors who were taking money from the companies who make all these toxic drugs and that's the way they learned it so it's a top-down approach and if we get into a socialized medicine system there will be none of what we're doing here in this office because you will be in jeopardy if you don't follow the protocol and that's why people all over the world come to the united states for medical therapy yes some will go to switzerland for their fancy injections and stuff but you know the, the king of uh Saudi Arabia will fly to Philadelphia to have his back operated on. And the reason is, is we're here creating, we have the freedom of medicine of applying all these, we don't have all the drugs in the world, but we have the freedom to apply a lot of these drugs and a lot of open thought. And that stops in a socialistic system. So be careful, those Yolanda-like people out there. But today we got something new to say. Let's tell us, tell us more, Yolanda. I'm, I'm hearing more about your story than I did before. So to me, this is you know, heart-wrenching. Well, gradually I begin to decrease my visits to the rheumatologist um, because I became a lot stronger. Uh, and actually, um, I begin to um, take less and less of the the uh, traditional drugs that I was put on by the, the rheumatologist. Um, and I begin to get you know, my life back, you know, as far as uh, being able to take care of my children and doing those things that, that I would normally do. Uh, and I thought I would never be able to do that. So today, where do you stand? Today, I am basically um, continuing um, with Dr. Lichten, um, taking the um, injections, the testosterone injections. Um, and I am, I don't have any concern about side effects. Um, uh, as a matter of fact, we were joking a little uh, a while ago about the side effects of that. And um, there's one really nice side effects from the testosterone. It's just, um, is the libido, the increase of the libido mm -hmm. for the women. So <laughs> that that's was very welcome because um, that was one of the things with uh, lupus patients that's that's one of the first things. Hard to have a libido <laughs> when you don't have any energy, you know? Yeah, and the medications that we reviewed just before we started here, you were on medication for your blood pressure, mm -hmm. 
uh, lenisoprol, which was to keep the kidneys open. You were on protonics to keep your gut from having regurgitation and GERD and digestion. You were on this cardiovol or something. Carbidolil. Thank you. And I, something for your heart. And as of today, you're taking none of them. None. Okay. None at all. The prednisone that you were taking at 60 milligrams, you're now taking none. None of that. Okay. The cytoxin you're taking? None. None of that. Mm. And the DHEA, while we usually will use a dose of 25 to 50 milligrams a day, you told me you're taking 125 milligrams, and we're measuring your blood level because our friend at Stanford said, here's a blood level we should get, and your levels are close to what level he wrote in the medical articles. I'm not going to tell anybody over the news, over the... uh, um, a radio here because I don't want you practicing medicine, but I want you to say the doctor can go, you can go to the literature, you can go to the web, and you can find the dosage that is helpful for patients with lupus with over-the-counter DHEA. And the compounded DHEA actually is a little pure. Uh, the trouble with the over-the-counter product is it lasts only a few hours, so you really have to take it three or four times during the day, which is what you're doing. We This week, we checked her blood count. I just got it back. We drew it two days ago. The girl came in with a hemoglobin of 7 or 8 or 9 who got a blood transfusion. She's up at 14 and a half. And what's fascinating is that measurement for inflammation called SED rate, which may have been over 100, today it's zero. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. It freaks me out. I mean, that's amazing. It, that's exciting it stuff. It freaks me out. I told her I get more kicks out of seeing a person like Yolanda who comes in and we gave her the hope back. She got the word. I really think that hope is a key of what physicians should be offering. And that's not a break. That's my phone. But the point is... That's very nice. <laughs> He's got a new iPhone that has like a harp. Very nice. I try to turn it off. But the bottom line is hope is hormone optimization for physical excellence. How's that? Do you like that? I like it. Sounds good to me. And hope is good, isn't it, Yolanda? I mean, I know uh, I've got some coronary artery issues, and you know, I came to Doctor Lichten, and and that was something he offered that other doctors don't. You know, hope. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just uh, you know the negative. You're on this path. Take this medicine. It's no. You know, there's a way. There's a workaround here. Uh, this is so interesting. I mean, it's just amazing to hear the experience you've had with Doctor Lichten. In summation. What would you say about your treatment? You know, the treatment has been wonderful for me. Um, it, it has given me hope. Um, I, I can remember just laying on that couch without any at all. I was very afraid. And, and I was thinking to myself, why me? You know, and I would hate for anyone to have to go through what I had to go, go through. Um, you know, not being sure what the future holds, not being, not being able to take care of the children. Um, and I, and, you know, just with DHEA, um, the, uh, testosterone injections and, um, the IV, uh, treatments that I am receiving, a complete U-turn, a complete U-turn. And the ability to stay away from all those drugs with harmful side effects. Oh, you know, that is, that is the, that is, that's a blessing for me. It really is. It is so wonderful to, to um, not have to worry about that. And, you know, I've had so many different people uh, being treated for, for similar problems that I had had mm-hmm. um, with um, 
those types of drugs and some of them end up on dialysis and I, I didn't want that to happen to me. Did lupus run in your family? Uh, actually, no, but rheumatoid arthritis does. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just very grateful that I don't have to worry about that. I don't have to worry about that at all. And um, my life is back to normal. I can't, nothing to say. You, you <laughs> talk about, I was going to say something, but I can't even no, speak. I mean, it's, Listen, what can you say when someone, their life, their family life, was on the rocks. I mean, she was exhausted, couldn't get out of bed, couldn't give the quality of life that her children deserved, or to her husband, or to herself. Well, the whole point we make is that there is so much that the body can do to heal itself. We're not doing it. We're just augmenting the body. We're giving it back what it needs in this environment in your side of your body where there is something off. We just look for the balance and rebalance it and give you the products that we can to make the body heal. And your results are fantastic. I, I wish we could guarantee results like this to everyone. We can't. Uh, we can't give you prognosis. I can say with my family member, 15 years later, she's in better shape she was than day one when we started on the DHEA. I hope and wish that the people listening to the show will say, hey, you know, isn't this great? Who do you know that you could help just by letting them listen to the story or the one last week for Crohn's, the one before that on diabetes, the one with the heart disease? Why can't we think about replacing these natural hormones? And if the doctor doesn't want to do it, then you say, well, you know, why not? What do you have to lose by giving me what my body is crying for? And that's a powerful message here that Yolanda is telling us. You know, she has her life back. And I hope and pray that she lives to be 110 and never has to face these problems again. Yeah, me too. Yolanda, it's been a pleasure. Thanks a lot for coming in and sharing your story with us. I really appreciate it. And I wish you the best of health. Thank you, and thank you, Dr. Lichten. Oh, it's truly my pleasure. Wow. My my privilege. That was a great story. Unbelievable. I I love hearing from your patients. We've been doing that more and more recently, having them in, telling their story. And that's the message we want you, the listener, to hear, that there is another way. And as Yolanda said, there's hope, and hope is so important. When you have a disease, hope is everything. I was going to say hope is everything. I mean, that's the point we're making is when you go to the doctor and he gives you a prescription like Lipitor and says, this is going to lower your cholesterol, you say, why? What is it going to do? It's, well, you know, we're going to reduce the chance of you having heart disease 15 years from now as well. What does that do for me today? What does it, how does that make me feel better? And that's the point we're making. As doctors, our intervention should be offering patients a better life today. And uh, I think we've lost that. Uh, in so many ways. You mentioned earlier, and it's something we've talked about in a lot of our past shows, that the information is available, but yet doctors, some doctors, tend to go along with the new medicines and, and not look at that old stuff, the old stuff that works. Well, the point being is that you want to be cutting edge you want to make sure that the guy next door is writing for xyz that you are too because you don't want the patients going over there because the drug companies have advertised on tv that drug xyz will do qrs and the bottom line is that training is supportive of new drug therapies that are getting more and more toxic and more and more poisonous than they were 40 50 years ago we've moved away from natural we now are working with straight chemical poisons and people aren't getting better um, you know, we have data now that I've pulled in the literature that says 
hey, if you're on a breast cancer patient, some of these testosterones are perfectly safe and they'll stop your hot flashes. We've talked about diabetes and said some of these testosterones will be able to reverse your insulin requirements by at least half. We've talked about, we will in the future talk about patients who have deep vein thrombophobitis and are blood thinners, and there's a chance that uh, they'll have a fatal event within seven years, yet there's an old testosterone I found that keeps the platelets from sticking. So if you have a stroke, or if you have deep vein thrombophobitis, you can be safer maybe by using a drug that was out in 1955. Exactly. And the data we look at uh, that is published, you know, this cholesterol-lowering drug is 2% better than nothing. Well, 2% doesn't count to me. I 75% counts to me. And the newest data on cardiovascular disease says if you want to cut down your risk of Building up plaques, you take fish oil and DHEA. So we can talk some more about DHEA in the future. We can talk more about small dose of cortisol. We can talk about thyroid. We can talk about all these natural hormones. And then we can talk a little bit about what I have her on for her stomach. She's on digestive enzymes like we talked about before. And we've been able to combine some natural digestive enzymes, natural DHEA, natural vitamin D because she's you know, African-American. She needs huge doses of vitamin D. And she's doing it all. And I see her hand her kids, and she drove here today without an issue. You know, she's up and around. She has her life back, and that that really is what uh, tugs at my heartstrings. She really looked happy, you know, especially when she talked about the side effects. Yeah, well, she's happy because she remembered, <laughs> and you could see it in her face, you could hear her voice, just how close she was to losing it all. Yeah, she was very emotional, as anyone would be. And... There are a lot of listeners who have tuned in today because of our title, because we're talking about lupus, and they've heard Yolanda share her story. And so I hope you've really heard this program, and I hope you call Dr. Lichten. You can help them, right? I mean, you can at least point them in the right direction, give them information. Right. I have a whole page on the website. Actually, I looked to see when it was written, and it's uh, 1999 that I wrote this up, and it's just as it today and just as correct as it was back then, we have better testosterone, better anabolic steroids uh, than we had back then, but it still works. And the point is, gosh, what do you lose by trying? You know, that's the part that bothers me the most is that, you know, you know, I think her doctor should be calling me. He should be coming over here. He should say, what are you doing? If this is the best he's ever seen, then why aren't you here? I had an asthma doctor said the same thing. I took care of uh, Eric and Eric uh, with asthma was so bad that uh, and diabetes was so was causing his asthma to be bad that he was told to move out of state and that was six years ago and he plays tennis for two hours with me so the point is all these things and his doctor finally took about a year and a half he called me and said what are you doing and it gets to the point where Eric calls the asthma doctor and he says go see Licton and I think that's pretty cool go see Licton and if he can't help you, then we'll talk about what we can do here. Why do you think doctors don't call, though? Is it all ego? Well, there's a whole big thing about ego, but just ask the question. We said this before. For this rheumatologist, you know, I'm a gynecologist. You know, I have no formal training, quote, in rheumatology. So what happens if I make my patients or make his patients better than his treatment does? Well, he could learn what I'm doing, and all those patients are coming to him through routine channels. He can make them better. But he's thinking if he can do it and his work gets out there, then I don't have any business. And, you know, my goal is let's make everybody healthy and I have to go do a different job. Right. 
right? That's uh, that's the holistic approach. That's getting patients well. What a concept. I love what you do. I love uh, your thought process of, of looking into people's diseases and issues. The time that you take away from the office once you have a patient, you have that rule. You said, like, the third time something comes up, I've got to study. I've got to get more information on that. Yeah, and I call it the... The Thor effect, although it's not Thor, but basically that lightning bolt hits me on the desk and I'm looking at it and when I say, I don't know anything about blank, and that lightning bolt comes down and says, well, you better learn quick, buddy. Yeah, yeah. And all these diseases like lupus and, and a lot of the other diseases we've spoken about, it's all about the inflammation, right? And that's what we're talking about. Basically, if we take inflammation out of our lives, we live 20 years longer, but we're inundated with inflammation. We have foods that are inflammatory. We have water that has these estrogen poisons in it. We have the environmental toxins and uh, uh, all these uh, green gases. The bottom line is our bodies are doing a great job, but they're showing stress. The sperm counts have dropped by 75%. The testosterone levels are off by 50%. Diseases are becoming more and more prevalent. We don't really have natural food anymore. All these things are there causing our bodies to rust from the inside. And although I don't agree with Clinton very much, he did say, quote, this next generation may not live longer than we did. And I believe he is absolutely right. The diseases I'm seeing affecting kids in their teens and 20s that we shouldn't see in their 60s. So that really, healthcare, if we don't start doing prevention, it'll be 50% of a gross national product before 2050 and the amount of rationing and those people who will be able to afford it will be better and those who won't. But meanwhile, we could start today and spend less worry about green gases and spend more stuff worrying about anti-inflammatory insides. Mm-hmm. Good point. Anything else you'd like to add about lupus today? No, I mean, the disease is uh, when it gets to the point where there is major kidney disease, it's a little too late. Uh, I don't have experience with patients on dialysis. With lupus, I have with diabetes, and we've seen the testosterone has been helpful to reduce insulin requirements. So I would assume that a patient who's inflammatory and, uh, and with kidney disease, we might be able to reduce the protein loss, as I have seen in diabetics. Uh, the point is, with all diseases, catch it early. Uh, get them back to normal hormonally first. Get their blood test normal first. And when I saw her sed rate is zero, I said, I said, that. I said, gee whiz, this lady was so, so sick. What are we doing? Whatever we're doing, this is great. Right. So now the world knows what I know. Now just spread the word. Absolutely. If you don't know anyone with lupus, direct them to this broadcast. It's available on iTunes. And we have a new broadcast every single Monday, also available on iTunes. And we're grateful to the folks at iTunes for putting us on their featured list. They like the Lichten lifestyle, Dr. Lichten. That's a good thing. Well, I'm tickled pink. And the only thing to tell you, when you go to the rheumatologist and you talk about it, they'll pull an article and say, well, testosterone patches don't work. Well, if you've heard our other stories, you know that testosterone patches don't work as well, even with women, because of their conversions, estrogen, and that affects binding protein. It means you really don't get the effective hormones. So there's some animal studies about using this drug we're using called nandrolone. And uh, it's been, you know, like I said, FDA approved for you know, 50 years. But the point is, there are really no human studies except nandrolone's approved for anemia. So in medicine, you can treat one thing and get benefits in the other. So if someone's anemic and said, hey, let's use some nandrolone for the anemia. And by the way, I have lupus. You may report 
that your lupus symptoms are better. Nandrolone we use in the emergency room. Someone comes in with a rheumatoid arthritis, a swollen knee. Lo and behold, it may get better in three days. So simple, cheap, four or five dollars worth of medicine. Hey, we can almost change the world. And it all comes back to hormones. Healthy hormone levels. That's what it's all about. The levels that were healthy when we were younger, that diminish when we're older. And then there are those people who say, well, you know, that's the life cycle. That's what happens. You get older. Hormones go down. That's what's supposed to happen. I think we should keep healthy hormones and good nutrition forever. See a guy like Dr. Lichten, or better yet, see Dr. Edward Lichten. He's in Birmingham, Michigan. If you'd like to get a hold of him, you can. He's available for consultations. His phone number is 248-593-9999. Again, the number for Dr. Edward Lichten is 248-593-9999. He mentioned earlier that he has some lupus information available on his website and all kinds of other stuff too, right? I mean, you've got that whole website packed with... Just a lot of stuff, right? Hormonal information as well as disease information. Right. From asthma to uh, rheumatoid arthritis to from uh, uh, bodybuilding to uh, diabetes, osteoporosis, Alzheimer's. There's a lot of hormonal interaction with diseases. And if you ever have a question, just take the two words, uh, hormone and whatever disease you're facing, and plug it into Google and see how many articles will tell you there is a connection. That's a good point. And to get more information on hormones, I highly recommend you pick up Dr. Licken's book, The Textbook of Bioidentical Hormones. It's available on his website as well, and his website is usdoctor.com. And again, Dr. Licken, I appreciate your time that you spend with us and all of our listeners helping us find better ways to better health. Well, Steve, uh, thank you for putting everything together for us and mm-hmm. making this all possible. And And my patients enjoy the opportunity to tell their stories and help other people. And it's great to hear them. So thank you, the listeners. We appreciate it. Heard every week on iTunes and antiagingradio.com. Until next time, I'm Steve Peck saying stay healthy, everyone. We'll see you soon.